Hello and welcome, everyone. Once again, we're back for you. It's Paul and I talking sports. I'm Jason. This is Paul. How's it going, my friends? Um, yeah, we're back after a couple weeks off. I took a longer vacation than I meant to, um, but when your cottage is there, you got to take advantage of it when you can. Mm-hmm. So, But we are back and we are talking sports. Um, yes, should we, we start are. with... Uh, we're going to start with some baseball notes because we are in the middle of the uh, playoffs for the second round of the playoffs in their new format. But we're going to start with a f- uh, couple historical notes that we had talked about. Um, Aaron Judge, uh, New York slugger, did get to 62 home runs for the season. And Albert Pujols did get to 700 home runs. He had finished at 703, I believe it was. But we had talked about those numbers as being benchmarks and how baseball numbers or the stats in baseball kind of mean more than any other sport in some ways. Just two historic numbers, two historic performances, and... Um, I also want to say, if it was, uh, St. Louis did go out in the first round, and if it was Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright's last game, which Wainwright has not made it official, but I can't imagine he's going to come back for another year. If it is their three... uh, going the going out party for those three man i do not like the cardinals but you have to respect their their careers and if they went they they went out they got into the playoffs had a tremendous august and september to catch the brewers and if it is their goodbye i have to say just uh happy trails to all three of them yeah, those guys, like, that Cardinals team was a force. Like, what was it, what now, 15 years ago? Like, there were several years. I don't think, I don't remember exactly how many they won, but I th- they... I think it was 2010 and 2011, I want to say, that they it, won. 12, uh, 20, 2006 and 2011 is when uh, Albert Pujols became world series champion okay so yeah and and even in between those years that was a team you didn't mess around with like you they were so consistent like you just didn't see there weren't a lot of teams doing what they were doing at the time and even now like the way they've been able to main that the cardinals franchise has been able to maintain that momentum is an impressive and is impressive as well and a totally different story but but yeah, there was there was a time where like the Cardinals were the team to beat in the NL. And those three guys were the main factors in that for sure. I mean as well as like having a, you know, they had really good rotations through those years too. Yes, absolutely. But see it's 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 rare that you see 
three guys like that having such an impact on a baseball team and staying together for mm-hmm. as long as they did. That's the main thing is usually one of those guys will dip out. And yeah, eventually Pujols dipped out. You know, McGo went to make his money ruining the Angels franchise. But the, <laughs> you can t- tune into an earlier episode for my rant on that. But the yeah, they, they kept it together for, uh, I mean, Pujols was on the Cardinals for 10 years. So I, it wasn't quite that long. But there was like five years in there where the, the they were just, you know, you always had to watch out for the Cardinals. Absolutely. And even even going back to it really started in 2004 when they um, lost to um, the Red Sox. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that was the Boston one. Yeah. During, during their comeback. I mean, no one, no one was beat after they beat the Yankees. No one was beating that Red Sox team. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just, it just wasn't happening. Right. But, and that was one of those years where like nobody, I remember when I found out the Red Sox, cause I, you know, I'm on, I'm hot and cold with baseball. So like I kind of fell off it that year. I remember this cause somebody's like, Oh yeah, Red Sox just won the world series. I'm like, what? <laughs> like the Red Sox didn't even be there. But yeah. no, like they were just, they got so hot in the second half of that season. Uh, just, yeah, you're right. Once they got past the Yankees, there was just, they, they, they were a freight train. Absolutely. Um, so one more team uh, we have to talk about, unfortunately, before we get to the teams in the actual playoffs is, um, again, we've talked about it. There's not a whole lot to say. The Brewers, mm just did not look good in August. I mean, really after July, they didn't look good. I know a lot of people are blaming uh, Craig Council for this. I I put more of the blame on David Stearns. And for just one reason, we've talked about it. Again, I don't mind the hater trade, but you have to bring in an offensive bat if you're going to do that trade. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and honestly, that was a problem before they made the trade. Like, I think everybody wanted them to make a trade, but not that trade. Like, it was a lateral move. At best, it's a lateral move. And it's like, what are you doing? You're just swapping relievers, basically. Essentially, all they did was swap relievers with, with another playoff team that they're competing against for a slot in the playoffs. Like exactly. What are you doing? I mean, I get there were prospects and like, but the prospects don't matter this in this particular trade, the prospects didn't matter. They they'll matter next year. They don't matter right now. No, it didn't matter when it happened. They need the Brewers. It didn't help you get any closer to being a playoff team. Right. The Brewers needed in a a sense. Yeah. And it ended up like, and you can't foresee how people are going to react, like how a team is going to react to something like that. But it just wasn't the move they needed to make. They, they needed a bat all season. And it was like, so apparent. And yeah, Josh Hader wasn't doing hot, but it's not like you swapped him for some hot young reliever that was doing well. They swapped him for a guy that was basically doing the same thing, who was a really good, closer who was struggling so they're like hey let's just trade guys whatever you know and the whole time it's like no we don't like the the brewers didn't need relief help (laughs) that's not what they needed they needed an 
offensive bat. Mm-hmm. You trade, you know what? But you know, I you uh, trade Hater for a bat. I don't know how often teams trade pitchers for batters, but I'm sure they could have for a guy like Josh Hader, they could have found a buyer and then promote you Devin Williams. And then boom, you end up, you probably get more wins out of that. Although on paper, it doesn't seem quite as sexy. Given what we know now, you probably get more wins out of promoting Devin Williams and getting a bat. Exactly. It just seems so obvious and like, even it's just, to me at the time, I'm like, what are you no, it, doing? No, it, it was obvious at the time, and it's even more obvious as time goes on. It's just, mm-hmm. it's it's just frustrating, and you you can't discount the last five years that the Brewers have had. I mean, they've made the playoffs outside of this year, four out of the last uh, six years, I believe it is. I mean, they've had one of their best arguably their greatest stretch in the history of the franchise. You can't discount what they've done. It's just, yeah, they made an NLDS. Yeah. And uh, NLCS. Or, sorry, NLCS. That's no, what I meant. Yeah. They were in game seven against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And it's just the, the fact that they, it doesn't seem like they are going to spend the money to, and this year they had the, the chance to be a terrific team. They had the, the pitching, if they brought in a batter too, I think that would have helped their offense a lot. It's just it's it's frustrating as a fan as a as a small market team. I understand the economics of it, but it's it's frustrating, and I guess that's all I can say about it. Yeah, it just takes so much for teams like the Brewers to get this far. Because, you know, and being a small part of the team is part of that, that these kinds of blown opportunities, and I'm going to go ahead and call this a, this stretch of last five years of blown opportunity. I, I would agree. And you look at a team like what the Royals did, like, what was it, 10, 15 years ago? 2004. 14 and 15 off the top of my head, I want to say. Oh, I thought it was longer ago than that, but still with uh, Ned Yost just rolling yep. in there and like, oh, I'm going to take this uh, team of role-playing scrubs and go win a World Series. Anybody going to stop me? No? Okay. <laughs> like, and I, I, I think I've said this on, the, on our pod before. That was the most fun I've watched. I've seen watching baseball in my lifetime, those teams were just fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It was like watching uh, base the kind of baseball you could play at the park, but watching these pros do it and doing well. You know, like it was the best possible version of standard, basic, fundamental baseball, and it mm-hmm. worked. You know, it's not always going to work. But your chances are pretty damn good if you can just play solid fundamental game. Absolutely. And another one more thing about the Brewers uh, before we move on. I, I and maybe it's because people have just got this out of their system by this season. But I, why aren't people asking where the hell is Christian Yelich? Like what? why aren't more people calling for this guy? Like he's making the money. 
he's the guy that the Brewers brought in and went hot and was killing the league and basically the reason they got to that National League Championship Series. And then he just vanishes. And it seems like, yeah, there's people going, oh, Christian Yelich is terrible. But nobody's like pointing at that and being like, hey, we had a bat. What happened to it? See, I I guess I 1,000% agree with you. I guess my retort, my only retort, and this might sound like I'm shielding him a little bit, but you can point to the second that of his downfall was when he bounced that ball off of his knee and he hasn't been the same. I'm not giving him an excuse. I'm just saying you can point to that moment that he's never been the same since then. Hmm. I guess that's, yeah, that's a good point. I guess I don't, and maybe this isn't fair, but like, I guess my brain doesn't immediately point to like injuries and go like, Oh, it slowed him down when it comes to baseball, like in football and particularly basketball. Like, oh, he had knee surgery? Yeah, he's probably never going to be the same again. You know, like, that that happens all the time. But it's really not usually – it doesn't usually come up in baseball outside of pitching. You know, and even he, now, he, pitchers can just go get Tommy John and they're better and pitchers they're than they ever in, were. They're yeah. in a year and a half, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, see, I – again, I'm not making an excuse for him, but he basically dislocated his kneecap. Mm. So – yeah, I mean, yeah, that's you're right, and nothing's ever going to be the same down there after something like that. That's that's a pretty good point, but still, I mean, the guy's a professional; they're paying him. He's got to figure out. I mean, if he, I mean, he went from being like one of the best hitters in the National League to being like the third best hitter on his team, like See, overnight, the, you know, the, <laughs> like. The the thing for me is yes you're I understand if you're going to lose your power but his batting average is the worrying thing for me I mean he went from a I think he was a he was a three oh five career hitter before the injury and he was he's down to like two twenty two twenty five since then that that's what would worry me I mean that's Yes, if you're to lose your power, I understand that. But if you're not even making good contact on the ball anymore. Yeah, he, well, he, here's I'm looking up at uh, baseballreference.com here. And yeah, he was, you know, he batted 326 in 2018. He batted 329 in 2019, both all-star years. Then... He only played 58 games the next season. Injury. But that was the pandemic year, wasn't it? He only batted 205 in 2020 in those 58 Ooh. games. That was the year after he got hurt. Yep. I remember that. And yep. then last year he batted 248, and this year he's bat, he bat 252. And, man, his slugging has just, just completely fell off the cliff. His on-base percentage is this year was his career low at 355. Man, his on-base plus slugging again. The last two years have both been career lows for him. Oh man, I mean, I get losing power, but 
and it doesn't give me contact in for like contact percentage on this, but it doesn't yeah. look like he's really making contact either. You know, it's just you don't go from 329 to 205 and still be making contact on the ball. It no, doesn't happen. So it's it's not, more no. than just his power, definitely. Oh, oh, that's that's rough. What All a right. what a crash. Let's, let's, but let's, let's yeah. Let's, let's move, move on, on. Shall we? <laughs> All right. This, well, it's a better luck to the Brewers next season at this. Point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll move to uh quickly uh the Cleveland Guardians took out the Rays in two games at home. And then the Yankees took game one of that series. Uh, the Phillies took out the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals had home field. Uh, they're playing Atlanta. Uh, don't have the score up right now. No, the Phillies are playing Atlanta. The Phillies are playing Atlanta, yeah. Yeah, they the Phillies the, beat the Cardinals, yeah. They took out the Cardinals. Uh, I believe that series is one-to-one, unless something drastic happened in the last inning. Um. The Mariners took out the Blue Jays in Toronto and then had a catastrophic loss in game one that we'll talk about in a minute. And then the Padres took out the Mets in three and are playing the Dodgers. That that uh, game two is three to three currently. And the I guess the thing that stands out to me is three of in a three game series where you have to win two, the road team won three of those. Yeah, right. Right. It's and just something something that stands out kind of. I and I don't all, know what it means, but well and the yeah, and obviously those three teams were the lower seeds. Like it's just I think that just means the parity in baseball, at least outside of like the top five, is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. And again, the Yankees took game one in their series. Um, all the higher seeds won their first game. So uh, the Mariners. Well, Philly, Philly won the first game. Or the Philly, Philly won the first game, sorry, against Atlanta. Yes, they did. Yeah, but the, the, yeah, the other three games, the, the favorite one. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the Mariners, we got to talk about this for a second mm-hmm. because. Game two, they come back from, they were down eight to one. They come back in Toronto and get the victory. They're up seven to three in the top of the eighth or the bottom of the eighth, sorry. And the Blue Jays get a two-run home run in the eighth and then a three-run in the ninth after Robbie Ray, who won the Cy Young in the AL last year. Great, amazing pitcher, but he is a starter coming in for a spot role in a huge pressure situation in the ninth inning. And cannot come through. And I guess the the what I've been hearing again, there's smarter people than me that can talk about baseball and all this, but it's 
from what I've ascertained, it is very difficult for a starter to come in in a saving role, especially in that situation. Again, if you are... I'm of two minds here. If you are that considered that good, you should be able to come into that situation and not give up a run. On the other hand, it is something that you are not used to doing. You are used to coming out at the start of a game, it being 0-0, and controlling, being able to control the game. I guess how how what 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 are your thoughts on this? Well, I would I don't know if this is a fair comparison, but my immediate thought is you're asking a NASCAR racer to do a drag race. Like it's not, yeah, he knows how to drive a fast car, but that's the only similarity between the two things they're doing. Like, yeah, this guy's a great pitcher, but that's not all you're asking him to do is pitch. Right. (laughs) Like he, like you, you hit all the points. Like it's, Starting a game is all about rhythm, momentum. You've seen these guys when the game gets stopped and they got to take their warm-up pitches and get going again. You know, all this stuff. Like, relievers don't tend to do that. They're just, like, they go in, they throw their 27 pitches, and they're or 27. They throw their 17 pitches, and they're done. You know, like, that's what they do. They come in, they throw 100-mile-an-hour fastballs in the eighth inning, and they go sit down. Like, Starting pitchers don't do that. They're they're about playing the batters and going through the order and creating a cadence. I mean, you've seen it when when they're doing a no hitter, they won't even talk to the guy. Like that doesn't happen to relievers. Like it's a completely different part of the same position. I I think I don't like I don't like it when they bring in starters to do that. I think it's it's. It's asking them to do something that they don't do all the time. And honestly, it puts him at risk for future games. Why why put the extra pitches on his arm? The whole that's the whole reason you're resting him, right? So I I, they, I don't like this for a couple of different reasons, but the 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 baseball like pitching re- related reasons, you hit them all. It's 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 about the rhythm. It's you're asking him to do something in a way that he never normally does it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have anything to add to that. I mean, <laughs> it seems we, so simple, right? When you look at it, you know, that way, it's like, why are you asking him to do that? It, I don't it, understand. It, it, it does. And I'd, I, I just, I, again, going back to the, uh, 04 Red Sox series, I just remember when, uh, Frank Kona asked, uh, uh, Manny Ramirez to come out for a relief pitcher for a relief and he gave up two runs and fortunately it didn't hurt the Red Sox, but it's, I mean, wait, Manny Ramirez, you talking Pedro Martinez or uh, pa- pa- Pedro. Sorry, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Different, Thank you. different Thank Red you. Sox. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, I, I knew a, I was messing that up. That's a great example. Let's it that. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That is a great example. Like, Hey Pedro, you know, we usually just have you come in fresh, you know, start the game off and pitch for six to eight innings. Well, we kind of need you to throw you into the middle of this game real quick. Like you, when you, when you think of it like that, it doesn't make any sense. Why would you ask him to do that? 
Well, and, but, and I, I'm not I, saying there's guys who can't do it, but that's well, I remember I mean, I, same, same uh, thing. Uh, uh, Derek Lowe uh, was what well, he was their uh, fifth starter, I believe, but he, he pitched out of the bullpen, I think three of those games in that series and he did fine. And again, this, it's just, if it's, it's it's rare that's that's going to happen. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a unique example of him just being thrown in there and pitching. I think three games in a row in uh, relief and doing fine. But it's rare that that happens. And it's, I guess it's if you're asking someone to do that, that's not that's not what they do. You can't be confused when it doesn't work out right look at here's a nfl equivalent look at Deion sanders he was obviously an amazing cornerback he was like the the, the man coverage machine he, he was a shutdown he was like the first shutdown corner like when we started using that term it was because of guys like him mm-hmm. and he played wide receiver some people know that some people don't but he was actually, and you'd think, oh man, the guy was picking the ball off all the time. He's got good hands. He's fast as hell. He should work out. Yeah, he was a pretty middling wide receiver. Like he wasn't really that good. He was fast, you know, and whatever, but he was like a really talented, but like he couldn't run routes. Like he just, there were certain things he couldn't do. And yeah, he did okay for a guy thrown into a position that it is in his first one, but it's not like he went out and everybody was like, holy crap, primetime's just literally a like an Iron Man player. Like, nobody was saying that. It's the same thing. You're asking him to do something that's similar enough where he could probably do it, but it's really not his job, and he really doesn't actually know how to do it. That's a really good example, actually. I I would have never thought about that, but that's that is a really good example. And again, the the middle ground there is he was a fantastic punt and kick returner. Mm-hmm. But again, so he definitely knew how to move with the ball, right? Yeah, he was always so like there were certain aspects of his game where you're like, this guy would make a good receiver, but he wasn't. He just wasn't. But again, it makes sense because if you're not doing that full time, if you're not studying with the quarterback about the routes every week, mm-hmm. if you're just, like you said, just thrown out there, you're yeah. not going to be in a position to succeed. And I'm not saying this as a knock on Dion. In fact, the fact that they could just like, have him take some reps with the wide receivers oh, in practice and throw yeah. him out there. And he didn't make a complete ass of himself is actually super impressive. Yes. But even then, even how impressive that is, it's still like, he was still just a halfway middling receiver. He wasn't actually good. But so, yeah. So to ask a, in, you know, in summation to ask a, a starting pitcher, no matter how good he is, is he if he's never pitched relief before, or it's just not like what he does commonly, and you ask him to go and hold a hold a lead? Oh man, 
when would you ever, other than the lead that he acquired, when would you ever ask a starting pitcher to hold a lead? Mm-hmm. Like never. So yeah, I don't like the move. Yeah. All right. Um, so quick predictions. I think the Yankees are going to beat the guardians. I think Atlanta is going to hold off the Phillies. I don't know how the Mariners are going to come back from that loss. So I'm going to take the Astros. And I think if the Padres win tonight, I think they're going to win. If the Dodgers win, I think the Dodgers are going to win. Those are my predictions quickly. Well, I, I mean, Houston, I picked Houston and LA to go. So I'm going to stick with those two. Just because Dodgers are so good, man. I mean, I get the Padres are looking real nice right now, but I just can't see the Dodgers losing at any point until they lose to the Houston Astros in the World Series. But, uh, yeah, New York, I would be concerned for New York if they they couldn't put up as much run uh, support as they do. Like I don't like their bullpen whatsoever. No, but no. you beat Cleveland by scoring on them, strangely yeah. enough. And I think, weirdly enough, you score points and you win. <laughs> I know that's a really I know, basic right? way to put it. <laughs> but if they can get past, all they got to do is score runs on their starters, which I think they can do with their lineup. So I think the Yankees will be fine. Um, Houston will win, although I would really like to see the Mariners do some damage because just the Ast- really nice. yeah. they want to blow neck. <laughs> I just don't like the Astros, but they'll probably they're gonna win this series. Um I think the Braves do end up beating Phil- beating Philly. They just played Philly too many times and they're too good to actually lose to- I think the Braves are really good and honestly if the Dodgers weren't the absolute juggernaut that they are, I'd be picking the Braves. But the Braves are too good to lose a five-game series to a team like Philly that, A, is an okay team, and B, is only an okay team for one, and B, Braves have played them. They're a division rival, so yeah. the Braves have played them a dozen times this year. I don't see them knowing how to lose to Philly. Well, and that's that's the kind of the crazy thing is two of these series are division rivals going mm-hmm. at each other. And so, and I, I agree with you. I, I think that's why Atlanta and LA both probably have the advantage because they are so familiar with each other. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Yeah. But I think the, uh, the LA San Diego series will be closer than the Atlanta Philadelphia series. I, I would agree. I would agree with that. Just based on the Padres being better than the Phillies, but that's, and that's how much I think the Padres are better than the Phillies. Like the Padres are a good team. They don't lose Tatis and the, we might not even, we might be having a completely different conversation, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so we talked about that. Yeah. About <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Like, Dodgers might be playing the Braves or something right now if that were the yeah. case, but but yeah, I yeah, I just don't see it going any other way. Sometimes these things can kind of look a little fuzzy, but these don't look super fuzzy to me right now. No, I I think I think the favorites are favorites for a reason, mm-hmm. and I think it's gonna 
pretty much be chalk. Yeah, right? and like I said earlier, like the top five teams in the in the like the top four in this case are just so much better than the rest of the league. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so we're going to move on to uh, briefly. I know we went a little long on our baseball talk there, but that's all right. Um, we're going to briefly talk about college football. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll start by mentioning that uh, Oklahoma has had a raw <laughs> three weeks. Man. Uh Two weeks ago, they lost uh, 55 to 24 to TCU, 370 yards total offense for TCU. And then in the Red River showdown, they just get smacked around 49 to nothing. Uh, first time uh, Texas has shut them out since I believe it was 2005. Oklahoma is not looking good. We'll no. uh, we'll get to the uh, the Badgers in a minute here, but yeah. any thoughts about Oklahoma? Just we... they need to get. I mean, that quarterback situation there is rough. He got hurt, if I recall correctly. Uh, what's his name? I forgot. Bryce something. Hang on. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Bre- no, Bryce Young plays for uh, Alabama. I can't, uh, oh. Who is Oklahoma's Kardec? He's Dylan a, Gabriel. Yes. Yeah. He he was hurt also. Yeah, though, yes. He was hurt. Yes. Sorry. Um, yeah. They, they've had their injury issues, which sucks, but it sucks. But, and also you cannot, I don't care what quarterback you're using, throw in, do the wildcat. You don't lose 49 to nothing to a Texas team that hasn't been good in 20 years. Like that's, yeah. that, <laughs> that is that not also acceptable. Did not have their starting quarterback. Yeah. Right. Like that's just, no, that it's beyond bad for Oklahoma after that result. It is. I mean, it's just college football and the, 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 the higher end, the upper echelon dynasty, franchise teams like Oklahoma can recover from this, but if they don't turn this season around, giving, given the way that recruiting is going crazy right now, you have name, image, and likeness to consider. You have uh, the transfer portal is just wide open. You cannot do this when your conference is falling in on itself. Like, you well, cannot I, do this. <laughs> and you are about to join the SEC in two mm-hmm. years. And like, that, that's, a, that's the thing. You can't be, in in today's age, you can't be guaranteed that you're going to stay on the top. No. Especially when you are joining a conference like the SEC. You, you, think, you think playing Texas is bad? You think playing TCU is bad? <laughs> yeah. Wait until you're playing Alabama. When you're wait until you're playing Georgia. Mm-hmm. And, <sighs> and yeah, and then they're going to be like, "Well, we beat Vanderbilt," and everybody's going to be like, "Nobody cares." And no, even then, no. Van, they might not even they don't play. They don't get their squad figured out soon. They're not going to even beat teams like Vanderbilt. Man, yeah, it's not looking pretty for OU. Um, mm-hmm. 
Well, all right. We got we got to do this. Yeah. Uh, Badgers, thirty-four to ten loss over Illinois or to Illinois, mm. uh, losing to Brett Bielema, their former coach, who was not good and uh, mm. not good at Illinois, but. Badgers did not look good. Paul Chris gets fired. I guess I'm not surprised he got fired. I'm I guess I'm surprised he got fired midseason because it's not the kind of move that the Badgers usually do. Well, I think it's indicative of where they were actually at before the season. They wanted Jim Leonard to coach that team. And they just didn't have a reason to fire Paul Christ. Fortunately for them, and unfortunately for Paul Christ, like the one thing he could have done to lose his job midseason is to lose to Illinois. Is to get blown out by Brett Bielema in Illinois, <laughs> your former, like a former coach who failed, who was not very good coach in Wisconsin, but who actually was pretty decent in Arkansas for a while, and like, and now he's back in the Big Ten. Oh man! And then they just. Oh. Like, yeah. wow, it's almost, if I didn't know any better, it'd be like he did it on purpose. <laughs> like, this is too perfect. Like, you had, the only shot you had to get fired this year was this, and then you pulled it off. Wow. Like, wow. It, it, it was not pretty. It was not pretty. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I don't, dislike the move i mean i'm i'm a little surprised by it but leonard's gonna have a shot they look good i mean granted it it was against northwestern so grain of salt obviously there but um they they looked good in their first game with leonard we'll see if they can go Eight and four, seven and five, make a bowl game. I think they can. They can squeak out a bowl game. Like, I, I think they can, but again, again, I mean, you only need six wins to get into a bowl now. So I mean, it's... you can get in with five Oof. most of the time with how many bowl games there are. Nowadays, I hope that's not true. <laughs> I, oh man, uh, it 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 is true. It, uh, it's happened uh, a few times in the last few years, but that's terrible. It is, but again, this is all all going to be about the growth of the program and next year. And their offense has to change. It's it's just not working. I don't know if. I don't know what you do about Graham Mertz. I don't know. I don't think you give up on him. No, you got to stick with him. He's young yet. He's yeah. a junior. Yeah, he's he? only a yeah. junior. Yeah. Yeah, you you can stick with him. He's at least got the reps. He knows. Yeah. And he's had good games. He knows what a good game looks and feels like. It's just he hasn't. I don't believe he's really been in a position to succeed. They're not running. They're not playing. They're not the Wisconsin team that he joined, you know? No, they're not. It's frustrating. It is. Um, Yeah, I I did have some other notes. Uh, Alabama uh, or Texas A&M played Alabama very close. That was surprising. I thought Bama was going to absolutely dominate that game. That didn't happen. 
Um, yeah, A&M's really been, after the <laughs> the foibles of earlier this year, they've actually been playing playing pretty well. They they have, yeah. Uh, ten, Tennessee is, uh, is up to number six. Uh, they got a nice win against LSU. Uh, the TCU Kansas game, uh, Kansas went in five and uh, five and all. Uh, came out with a seven point loss, but that that that, that was actually a really entertaining game to watch. Surprisingly, yeah, um, Kansas is still playing pretty well. Kentucky came back to earth a little bit. Kentucky, yeah, uh, I think they're down to nineteen or yeah, twenty. Yeah, they're like four that. and two now. Yeah, they're twenty-two. But, um, yeah, I mean, conference play. We'll touch on uh, in our what to watch. There's a few big games coming up this weekend, but it doesn't uh, really get spicy till we get closer to conference championships so no i mean at this point it's it's conference games there's ranked games we'll touch on a few of them but it's it's conference games i mean it's the, the, i'm not, i'm not saying they're bad games or they're not no. exciting but there's it's not like the uh the big non-conference matchups at the beginning of the season that everyone looks forward to all year round yeah. um yeah so you want to bring us to the big show jay yeah, be our nfl recap review preview that would be the one all right um i guess i'm gonna give you the microphone and uh tua go Okay, so there's just so much wrong with this whole situation. You can't tell me that that dude didn't have a concussion on that Sunday night game. Was it the Bills? Yeah, the Bills, the Bills game. You can't tell me that dude didn't have a concussion. (laughs) <laughs> dude shoved him after the play and was penalized. He got to a flies back lands on his back and his head very clearly. And even in real time on camera, you saw it go, Oh shit. Like you saw his head just slam the back, slam the ground. His hands go up and he's just like, Oh, and then he stands up and he's like, shakes it off. And then he almost trips over his own feet twice going back to the huddle like that dude very clearly had a concussion but they send him back out there and it's like well you know and i'm sitting there going well okay they're supposed to have these independent studiers whatever but that dude had a concussion and i think anybody who saw it happen could reasonably say that that's what happened and yet there he was so i was never in my head going oh well, he sent him back out here, sent him back out there. He must be fine. I don't think any reasonable person actually thought that. And if they did, I would like to have a discussion with them because no. what I was thinking was like, oh, he just was like, oh, I'm good. And they know how to get past the little test or whatever it is. And they send him back out onto the field. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say when he fell the first time, that was one thing. 
But when he got back up and then fell the second time, mm-hmm. if you didn't think he had a concussion at that point, I, I, I'm sorry, but you're, there's something yeah. wrong with you. You're lying to yourself. You're you're simply not accepting what your eyes are seeing because it, it was right in front of you. So then all of a sudden, you know, four days later, they could have held him out of that Thursday night game. They could have been like, they already made up the story about his back. They didn't need to play him that game. They could have been like, look, man, I know we kind of even, you know, assuming they, they, you know, they gamed their way through the concussion protocol, assuming that's true. They could have been like, look to, uh, I know we said it's your back and you know, you technically we got you. So you're able to play, but dude, we can't play you four days after that happened to you. Like we, we can't do that. So we're just going to say your back's bothering you. We're going to sit you this game that they could have done that. They, they had the excuse in their hands. Right. They, the and and it, the, the excuse wasn't good. It was not the, 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 the cover up was not good. But it was enough to get the people at large to be like, all right, okay. I mean, if everybody's saying it's his back, who am I to call you guys liars, right? And then that happens, and he very clearly was, you know, like it was very clearly much more severe than the one, you know, fast forward to Thursday, he gets whipped to the ground, head slams against the fight. <laughs> head slams against the field and now he's he does the same exact the the same exact motion he reaches for his head but his fingers are all contorted and it's like dude oh my god that was the same thing that just happened four days ago but like twice as bad what is happening here and it's like oh yeah yeah, he's yeah he's concussed now oh now he's concussed (laughs) like come on like Oh, I'm yelling now, but it's just like, how stupid do you think people are? Like, do they, did they really, like, I wonder, did they do this and think people will believe it? Or did they do it and say, nobody's going to call us on it? Because that's two different things, right? I have to think it was the latter that they just, well, nobody's going to believe this, but we might get away with it. I, I I would almost hope it would be the letter. right, right? Because like to think that they could just do what they did and think that everybody would just accept that as being the truth, that's that's just plain old insulting. Yeah. So I I, I agree with that. I <sighs> I I don't have much else to add there. I mean, I think he said everything that we need to say. It's and it's. It's it's fortunate that they they took this seriously enough where they changed the rules already. I again, I me and you and everyone listening understand football is a violent sport. Right. You're never going to get rid of every injury that can happen. You're never going to get rid of every concussion. But something that obvious when for years you have put so much emphasis on this point and for good reason, after being so scrutinized for so long on it, and then to have something that blatantly obvious happen, th- there's a disconnect there yeah. somewhere. And 
I, I think there's, and I'd, I'm almost hesitant to even bring this up, but there is this, uh, this hook in my craw where it's like both of those hits that he took. The first one was very illegal. The dude had thrown the ball away. The guy just ran up to him and shoved him over anyway, you know, hard enough where his head slammed against the ground so hard to give him a concussion. And then the play on Thursday, on the Thursday, the guy had him around the waist and he just whipped him to the ground. Both of those hits were like completely unnecessary. And I'm not saying you can actively, necessarily, 100% actively avoid hurting somebody when you're trying to wrestle them to the ground against their will. <laughs> but you can definitely not do the two things. The two hits he took did not need to be the way that they were. The guy who, the, 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 defend, the, the defenders on those plays... The first one did not need to illegally shove him to the ground after the play. It was very obvious. And the second one, the dude didn't need to whip him to the ground. You're like 350 pounds. This dude's like 5'10". You just throw him to the ground like that. Like, you didn't need to do that. I get it. You're a big dude and you're going as fast as you can. Again, trying to take somebody to the ground against their will. But there's, I think, I think there ought to be a reasonable like effort to not do that to somebody that's just my thing and like i said i'm not trying to say that these dudes hurt this guy on purpose but i think i i guess i am saying that they were reckless and they didn't need to do it the way that they did it to achieve the same effect and i think that's something that can be addressed and examined to try to bring down these injuries See, I, I, I guess that the conversation is just so unique because everyone knows the NFL is trying to protect the quarterback. Everyone knows the NFL is that's their that's their breadwinner. That's their money maker. Everyone knows that they get special protection. Ninety eight. of the time and when it when you do have a quarterback injury it stands out because it is unique because these guys are so protected and that's where it's it's almost like you're not going to take all the injuries out of the NFL you can try but that's where I think it is unique where quarterbacks are so protected that when it does happen that there's an injury, it stands out. And I'm not saying that's one way or the other, whether I agree with it or not, it's players need to be protected, but I guess it's, it just stands out when it's the quarterback because they are so protected generally 98% of the time. Yeah, and honestly, as far as like the quarterbacks being protected, that's just the nature of the game. It, the quarterback position is so vital to a team's success. Like this is a, I, I hate using these kinds of terms, but this is a quote. The NFL is a quote, quarterback-driven quarterback league. league. Yeah, and 
So uh, you get a lot of these guys, you know, listen to the sports talk radio. You hear these guys every once in a while, somebody will come on and on one out, out of one side of their mouth, they're like, these quarterbacks, they're, they're weak and, you know, they, <laughs> nobody's allowed to touch them anymore without getting penalized a hundred yards for it. And yet the other side of their mouth, they're like, it's so vital. Quarterback play is so vital to the team's success and the the league is so dependent on the team's quarterbacks to be successful. So which is it? Do you want to protect these guys that are so important to the leagues and the team's success? Or do you want to just be able to cut them in half? Because then you're losing out on this being a quarterback-driven league, which is what is making what makes it so popular. So mm-hmm. what do you want? Do you want these guys to get hit? Or do you want them to continue making, you know, boatloads of money for people like what do you want and so i i mean and i'm not with like when i'm going off about these two hits in particular that's not even like related to protecting the quarterback like i'm not saying there should even be a rule i'm saying that players need to be better quite frankly it just don't do dumb shit like that you know if that first play against Buffalo, that dude does that to my quarter. If I'm if I'm on that team and that dude does that to my quarterback and like he gets up and he's all wobbly and shit after a a bush league late hit like that, I'd have ripped that dude's face mask off. Are you kidding me? You do that to my court, you do that to my team and the, this player who's so important to my team's success, and you're gonna do that like a chump. Get out of here. I Oh, man, I'd have ripped his helmet off. But, you know, I'm not an NFL player, so <laughs> no, <laughs> I, 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 I ain't I, doing I, that. But <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I, I understand the sentiment and I, I get it. It's just it's there's that fine line that I don't think can be defined and I don't think it's meant to be because the, the other aspect is um the uh, couple calls Sunday and Monday about the rough in the pastor that went overboard. And that's where that, that's where I'm saying that I think that's where that fine line is. Um, the, the one hit on the, at the end of the Raiders game. And then um, what was the other one? The, uh, the uh, hit on uh, Brady at the end of the Falcons game. Um, yeah. Right. Right. And I guess that's where that fine line is, is yes, you're probably going to be more likely as a referee to call those plays, but should there be some kind of review? Because those plays can be game changers sometimes. And if they're, I I don't know what the answer is there. Right. And neither do I. And uh... This all is re- this all the we could penalize people all they want. Dude got a penalty for, you know, whipping two to the or uh, shoving two to the ground late. It didn't stop it from happening. This is like, you know, who's going to stop crime if there's no police? The same people who stop it now. Nobody. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. you know, they these guys will commit the quote commit these penalties. You know, whenever it having all these extra rules about hitting the quarterback hasn't really stopped much. You know, they still happen. 
It's just like, oops, I landed on the guy. I got a penalty now. Like there's more of that, which is, which sucks. You know, when, when it's clearly not like the dude clearly didn't mean to do what he did and he tried not to, and he gets a flag for it anyway, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You hate to see that. And people will focus on that when they're talking about these things, but they're like, I'm not even talking about, like I said, giving these guys pen- more penalties for this. That's not, I, I think there just needs to be better. It's, better it's, play. About, the, it's about teaching the way the game is supposed right. to be played. Right. Yeah. And I don't care who you are. If you came from the era, of Jack Lambert and Dick Buckus or any of that crap, if you want to tell me slamming your helmet into somebody's rib cage and breaking their ribs and, th- you know, doing that kind of stuff is the way the game is supposed to be played. I would have to respectfully disagree with that because that's not sportsmanlike at all. No, you don't try I mean... you. You don't a you don't try to be hurt somebody, obviously. And I don't know that any of these players would try to hurt somebody. But B, you can't be reckless either. Because it's not just other players you're putting at risk. You're putting some of your teammates at risk. You're putting yourself at risk if you hit somebody wrong. You know. Well, I mean, even even beyond that, I mean, say, God forbid, you put a hit on a guy that paralyzes mm-hmm. someone. I mean, you got to think about maybe he's got a wife and two kids at home that you got to be careful man yeah it's a violent sport but that doesn't give you cause to be dumb you know be smart that's all i'm asking and and shoving dudes to the ground so hard their head slams against the ground or whipping dudes half your size around so hard their head slams in the ground that's not smart no that's just not smart it's 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 not it's not safe it's not smart it's 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 just the the game has changed and the people i i think i i hope that not only fans but players coaches everyone involved in the nfl realizes that and the the game just can't be played like it used to be and it it has to be safer it, it, i mean especially if we i mean I, I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth, but we all love watching footballs on Sunday, football on Sunday and, and Saturday and Friday and it, it and has Thursday to... and Monday, you know, yeah. give us, a, you know, you can't get enough days of the week of football. Exactly. <laughs> and it, it just, there has to be a way to play the game safe. And I 100% agree with you. Okay. Moving on. Yeah, went a little long on that. Sorry. I, <laughs> you gave me the um, mic and told me to go. So I Oh went. no, that's no, I, <laughs> that, that was good. Um so uh Colts Broncos Thursday night, twelve to nine, just absolute snooze fest. Broncos they do not look good. They're there's something off with them. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett. I, I mean, he coached Aaron Rodgers for the last four years. I don't know what's going on there. Um, Giants uh, beat the Packers in mm. London. Packers did not look good. I don't know if they were out with the Packer fans. Apparently, there's. I read a few stories that. Uh, 
basically every bar around uh, uh, Tottenham Stadium was out of beer by uh, the time the game started. <laughs> sounds about right. Um, Bill smashed the Steelers. Uh, Vikings beat the Bears. Patriots big over the Lions. Chargers, Browns. Uh, Chargers, hang on. Uh, Cowboys look great against the Rams. They're four and zero with uh, Cooper Rush. Um, kind of incredible. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I don't think Jerry. I don't think the Cowboys saw that coming. No. Um, <laughs> I feel like they were like two hours away from signing Andy Dalton. I they probably were. <laughs> um, Eagles are still undefeated. Uh, Ravens get one against the Bengals. Uh, Chiefs over the Raiders. Raiders uh, disappointing. Anything specific stand out to you from the last? Uh, Not really. I'm just season? really raw about this whole Tua situation. My fandom aside, the whole thing is so egregious. I just, but like, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I, I guess there's a couple of things. There's, uh, man. How the Raiders still have a worse record than the team like the Broncos just blows my mind. Um, what else was there? Uh, Titans actually being above 500 is a little surprising to me. The <laughs> the Eagles being 5-0 and isn't that surprising. Cowboys, obviously. Giants, I did not see 4-1 and coming. Commanders, pretty much where I expect them. Yeah. Um, the only other thing is like looking at the NFC North and Vikings are four and one and the way the Packers have been playing all those people who said that the Vikings would win this division this year seem more and more like they might've been onto something. You shut your mouth. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I know like, what you're saying. Like, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, I was, Hey, I was one of the people who was just like, yeah, right. Vikings ain't winning. Come on. It's the Vikings. But you know, they definitely have had the talent, have the talent and they've actually honestly had it for a couple of years now. And but they, they have they have the leg up on the Packers. Yeah, can't forget that. So, no, I guess to to me, I guess uh, Mahomes or uh, J- sorry, Josh Allen throwing for uh, three hundred and forty five yards in the first half against the Steelers was very impressive. I mean, it is the Steelers, but the Steelers' defense is way off than uh, historically they have been in, I mean, 40 years. Uh, Everyone knew they were going to struggle, but I don't think they thought to this extent. Um, Yeah, they can't even get their run game going. I don't know what's going on over there. No. uh, As bad as the Lions' defense was, their offense was scoring to, to see them being shot up by the Patriots was a little surprising. Um, Cowboys, obviously, uh, is maybe the surprise to me of the season had that that they're four and zero with a uh, Cowboys four and one quarterback. Oh, four and zero. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cooper Rush is four and zero. Right, right. Yeah. 
and then uh yeah the chief uh chiefs i mean chiefs bills this week the rematch of that epic uh playoff game last year is definitely the highlight of uh the uh the week uh anything else stand out to you before we get to what to watch no i mean that's pretty much covers it uh we're getting into the bye weeks now so getting some teams getting their way too early rest i guess week six isn't so bad i what was it up till last year, they were getting week four buys. That just seems so dumb to me. I didn't. I'm glad know. they changed that's that. That's way too yeah, early. I'm really glad they changed that because that's basically useless to a football team. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know. I know. I know. A couple of my fantasy teams are struggling this week with uh, buys, but yeah, that's just how it goes, though. Yeah. All right. So we got. Uh... Obviously, the uh, the baseball playoffs uh, continuing. Um, again, we got the the Guardians and the Yankees. We have the Phillies and Braves. We have the Mariners and Astros. We have the Padres Dodgers. Uh, we have hockey stirred up yesterday. Uh, we have a few top ten college games. Uh, for you, Penn State, Michigan, uh, 10-5 matchup. Uh, Kansas, Oklahoma, we'll see uh, how Kansas looked after mm. their first loss. No, this is Excuse a chance me. for them to keep the ball rolling against a struggling Oklahoma team. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we got a uh, big one of the week. We got number three, Alabama, and number six, Tennessee at Tennessee. That should be a fun one. Uh, number eight, Oklahoma State. Number 13, TCU. Uh, we got NC State and Syracuse as a ranked matchup. We got uh, USC, Utah in a big one in the Pac-12. Mississippi State, Kentucky, another ranked one. Uh, James Madison in their first year in the uh, WBS, I believe it's known as the uh, Big Eleven college conferences. They're five and all. They rank twenty-five. They've got Georgia Southern. Uh, not a big game, but something to keep an eye on for a team that surprising some people. Um, so some nice college uh, matchups we got uh jets at packers uh patriots browns jaguars colts uh vikings dolphins uh ravens giants which on paper not really exciting but i don't know i think that's a that's an intriguing game i mean if it goes the way we all thought it would go at the beginning of the year the ravens should win by 30 but yeah it's yeah, we'll see. I mean, given what we've seen the first five weeks of the season, it should be a pretty good game. Yeah, I, I would, I would think so. Um, Cardinals Seahawks, again on paper, not exciting, but that could be interesting. Uh, Bills Chiefs, the uh, like we'd mentioned, the big one. Uh, Cowboys Eagles, 
uh, see if the Eagles can stay undefeated. Uh, and then Monday night, Broncos Chargers. Oh, could they have just switched that out with the Bills Chiefs? I mean, I, for real. Yeah. For real. They need to start flexing these games. I yeah, if I have to watch the Broncos play another primetime game and score nine <laughs> points, I'm going to friggin' lose my mind. It's just... <sighs> and then it watch is, Russell is. Wilson just go up to the camera and be, ride, ride Broncos Nation, yeah. Oh, God. It is frustrating. Oh. All right. Um, yeah, so... Got some night, uh, some intriguing NFL games, some uh, top twenty-five matchups. We got the baseball playoffs. We got the NHL started uh, next week. We'll have a uh, NBA preview for you that starts up next week. Um, yeah, it's October, man. Mm-hmm. It's October. Getting busy, baby. I- Woo. October and April are the two uh, most fun months in the sports calendar. So, mm-hmm. so much yeah, going so some, on. So, uh, some good stuff for you guys. So, uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Yes, we will. We'll have our NBA preview 2022-23. Yes, sir. And both, uh, we got to get into. We didn't hit on it, but we get. We'll we'll get into Draymond and uh, whatever's oh, yeah. going on with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. So. Well, hopefully there will be some more news by then. Make it even spicier. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll, we'll see uh, what happens. Just watch some sports this week. Yes, a lot going on this week. So. All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. Oh, we, uh, oh one, more, one note. more thing. San Diego is up four to three in the top of the seventh. So. Oh, oh, oh look at that. Intrigue in the NLDS. Yes, sir. All right. Watch your sports, everybody. good Good night, everybody.